Welcome to Preheated, kitchen wisdom and friendly chat from two friends who love to bake. I'm Stefan Cohn in London. And I'm Andrea Ballard in Olympia, Washington. Every week, we celebrate the successes, failures, learning, and laughs that go hand-in-hand with baking for those we love. After the indulgence of the holidays, we're ready for a little less excess. But who are we fooling? We still want our treats. So we've collected a month's worth of downsized desserts. Brownies, pie, yeast rolls, and cupcake recipes that are small but mighty and hit the spot portion-wise. And if your pantry is groaning under the weight of a million half-empty containers of ingredients after the busy holiday baking season, we'll run down the best ways to use them up. So put the kettle on and get ready for some sweet talk. Stefan, we have quite a few Januaries under our belt now. Mm, Yeah, so true. We've had a vegetable month where we added vegetables to our baked goods. We've had a month where we tried, you know, lower fat versions of things or lower calorie. Right. I have to be honest, so far our Januaries have been pretty hit or miss for me. Well, I have fond memories of our first January, Andrea, in which we did the chocolate cake and also the cream puffs. Yes, that was our first January. Mm. That was really good. Oh, those cream puffs were a big hit. Yes, that was great. Yeah. But for me, those low-fat brownies we made, Mm. I think in January 2018, yeah, that was a big thumbs down. No, thanks. Last year, the spinach donuts were a surprise hit. And made both of our top 10 for season three. Yeah. Despite the hits and misses, you know, as January rolled around this year, Mm. I was thinking in my head, okay, what can we do? We know it's a fresh start to a new year. We know there's not a ton of people out of there who start the new year saying, I want rich, decadent baked goods (laughs) throughout the month of January. Except for the preheated hosts occasionally. (laughs) Right. (laughs) My niece was visiting me and she made the comment, she is a college student living in a dorm. Yeah. One of her favorite treats Mm -hmm. is this cookie dough for one. Cookie dough for one. (laughs) I was like, what are you talking about? So she sent me the recipe and it was printed in a parade magazine supplement, you know, that Sunday supplement I love so much. Oh, yeah. It comes from someone named Jessica Formicola. Okay. I'll include a link to it in the show notes. What I love about this recipe is it's just so tiny. You know, it's one tablespoon of white sugar, one tablespoon of brown sugar, one tablespoon of butter, you know, pinches of things, four tablespoons of flour. (laughs) It's a really great recipe because it's eggless. So for people who are nervous about eating raw eggs, this works really well for them. Oh, sure. But it was this recipe that got me thinking, you know, a January in which we made all the things we always like but just made them in very small portions is something that sounds really exciting to me. Yeah, just downsizing everything. We're not sacrificing. We're not making something you're not going to recognize. I mean, all month long, we are taking classic recipes and just making them in small batches. Andrea, I think an interesting thing when we started researching recipes for this month, that is quite a niche out there on the internet, people who are specific about small batches. Oh, yes. If you search small batch baking, you can find a lot of great recipes. What I thought was interesting, too, I think there's somewhat of a personality switch on people of whether they like small batch or not. I know I would rather have a small item 
of the very best thing. Mm -hmm. But I've heard other people who, for example, like these new, um, I think they're keto-friendly ice creams or carb-friendly ice creams. And I've heard them say things like, it's not as great as the ice cream I usually eat, but I'd rather have a pint of that than like half a cup of the premium ice cream. And I'm the opposite. How about you? That's a great question. And I think one thing that will be really interesting this month is I like excess. <laughs> so it will be fascinating, but I but I also hate waste. Yeah. I think that's really important when you just need to feed your family. Maybe you are baking just for yourself or for one other person. You only need a small batch. Mm-hmm. Then that's what I'm hoping is really going to be helpful and eye-opening about this month for sure. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's great for, again, the person in a dorm Mm -hmm. or the single person living alone or the family of two or even one person maybe in a big family, but maybe they're the only person who likes sweets in that family and the rest of their family is like, hey, you know, we don't want you baking all this stuff. Yep. So I think it's going to have a lot of good applications for our listeners, no matter what sort of situation they find themselves in. And, you know, just a heads up for the things that are coming Later this month, Andrea, smaller size baking dishes may be something that you don't have. Yes. When I started looking at some of the recipes coming up, they were asking for sizes specifically a five by seven. Now, that's like the size of a picture. That's what I think of when I hear that size, right? Five by sevens, eight by tens. (laughs) Yeah, I was not familiar with that size until one day, I think I've mentioned before, my daughter has a great friend that always brings a baked good when she comes over. Oh, you have. She has been mentioned, yes. She brought a little batch of brownies last time, and she left the glass pan behind. Yeah. It somehow got mixed in with my pans, and I knew it wasn't my pan. When I went to put the lid on it, because it got put in kind of our Tupperware section. Yes. And none of my lids fit. And I thought, what is going on here? And then I looked at the bottom, and it was Pyrex, and I measured it, and it was 5 by 7. Yep. And that's exactly the tip that's coming up. We are doing a recipe from a blog called Baking Mischief, and she very nicely said that using a 5 by 7 glass Pyrex storage dish, now make sure it's oven safe. You've heard us talk a lot about kind of the differences in Pyrex, so make sure you've got one that you feel comfortable sticking in the oven, but that will be a 5 by 7. Yeah, so I'm not going to return that to my daughter's friend (laughs) until I'm done with that bake. Just keep that quiet. Yeah. And, you know, Andrea, I think, so in uh, week two, we need a five by seven. And then uh, in week three, we need a seven by four by two. Is that close enough to a five by seven for you? Well, I mean, you know, for me, (laughs) I wouldn't even think twice about it. That one inch. Right. But I guess, you know, again, think about it in terms of the actual volume. So the five by seven is going to be 35, if you multiply, and the seven by four is going to be 28. So 28 compared to 35 is a little bit of a difference. Yeah, true enough. True enough. I think that I have a 5 by 7. I will probably take that into account instead of going out and looking for a 4 by 7. Yeah, I don't want anyone buying special pans just to do this. Mm Mm-hmm. Another tip is that sometimes if you can't find these or don't have these in a glass Pyrex or other brand, disposables often come in tiny sizes. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah. So you might look there, too, if you are wanting to bake along that don't have this particular size. So anyway, just a heads up, because not necessarily in this first recipe we're introducing here in a moment, but uh, later down in the month, you are going to need a smaller dish. And speaking of this first recipe, first up, we have a pecan sticky bun, and it comes from Dessert for Two, which, of course, is just a perfect website for our theme this month. Absolutely. 
it is a yeast dough, so it will require some rising time. The recipe is pretty straightforward. You are going to be taking your warm water and proofing your yeast to make sure that it's alive. Have a little pinch of sugar in there, make sure it gets nice and foamy, and then put in some melted butter and then stir in some flour, mm -hmm. let it rise until it's doubled in size, and then roll it out. The filling then has chopped pecans, light brown sugar, a little bit of salt, and again, some more softened butter. I'm pretty excited about this recipe because as with recipes I love the most, I've got all of this in my pantry. You know, Andrea, I was also thinking that in January, we have historically done a yeast roll. And of course, last January in episode 107, titled On a Potato Roll, <laughs> we did Greg Atkinson's uh, Yukon Gold Cinnamon Rolls. And, you know, you are not a huge cinnamon person. I think that's been fairly well established. So one of the reasons we also wanted to do this was because you do like a yeast bun. That's never been the problem. And this has your favorite nut pecan and is a good, nice, sticky bun. So I I'm really hopeful you're going to love them. Yeah, I love sticky buns. I've never made them at home, and it is something, though, that I get quite frequently from the bakery. I love pecans. Stefan, I feel like I saw something on our Instagram feed back over the holidays mm -hmm. where someone said pecans were not as popular in the UK. Have you found that to be true? I'd back that up, yeah. I mean, they have them here. They're a little bit harder to source. Mm -hmm. I find other nuts much more readily available. I have to do a little bit more searching for pecans. Okay. Maybe that's just because they are a, a total import. I don't think they're being grown over here. I could be wrong on that. Yeah, they're coming in from, um, I know Georgia grows a lot of them here in the States, so. Right, yeah. Okay, well, that'll yeah. be interesting. If we've got any UK listeners who have trouble finding pecans, I'd be interested in knowing what they substitute instead. And I'm sure the nuts are a topping, of course, and going to be pretty, and they're also rolled on the inside. But I think you could substitute a nut like a walnut mm -hmm. and be just fine. Sure. And, you know, Andrea, wherever I see a nut like that in a filling or on a topping, I'm going to go ahead and toast my nuts. What about you? You know, one should. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's just a mantra. One should always toast their nuts. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just a best practice, don't you think? Yeah, it is a best practice. It just adds so much mm -hmm. flavor. It only adds maybe five minutes to your, your prep time, and it makes just a world of difference. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I also wanted to point out on this recipe something that I think is kind of funny. Although it comes from the website dessertfortwo.com, mm. mm -hmm. the recipe does actually make four sticky buns. <laughs> so Dessert for two times two. So. Or these are the two kind of people that I like. They are going with a two sticky bun serving. Oh, so, yeah. It does not have yeah, serving size. Yeah. But if you're a family of four and you were thinking to yourself, oh, this recipe comes from dessert to two. I need to double it. No, you don't. You will end mm -hmm. up with four mm -hmm. sticky buns, it says. Yeah. And the other piece of equipment here, we just talked about smaller pans. Here, if you have a jumbo muffin tin, I do. That's what you're going to bake these in. But she very helpfully says, you know, if not, just put them in a smaller size dish. Great. I have a jumbo muffin tin, so I'm going to use that with no problem. I love my jumbo muffin tin. I do too. It just makes me happy. Everything yummy comes out of that thing. Large cupcakes, now sticky buns. I love it. Andrea, one more step that's not listed here. There are um, a 17 instructions, and I'm going to say instruction 18 is do not look at the nutrition information. Just cross that out and move on. <laughs> Because although this is a small recipe, as we just said, you're not sacrificing anything here but the quantity that you're making. So these are going to be full and delicious sticky buns. Okay, there's no possible way that 
this nutrition information is correct, though. It's like a day's worth of calories. Yeah, it says serving <laughs> size one, calories 2,145. I, I, I reject that. that okay. that's just... All right, step 18 is reject the nutritional. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like that's a typo. Okay, all right, all right. I will check in with dessert for yeah. two and okay. get a little bit of follow-up on that. <laughs> Come on, dessert for two. <laughs> I love Help it. us out here. Help us out here. Uh, well, remember, we will have a link to this recipe and uh, perhaps some updated nutritional information <laughs> in the show notes for this episode, which is episode 158 on our website, preheatedpodcast.com, as well as in our Facebook group. Andrea, we recently had some laughs and a few groans when we compiled a list of the baking-related items we have left over after the holidays. I know. From food gifts we received to pantry ingredients we stocked up on but didn't use all of to just plain old leftovers. This time of year, our kitchens are usually full to bursting with the bounty. Our leftover list included nuts, alcohol, potato chips and pretzels, panettone, fruitcake and its components like candied peel, chocolates, pie crust and or puff pastry scraps, mincemeat, fudge, eggnog, gingerbread house candy, cereals for snack mix, pumpkin puree, cranberries, fresh and dried, marshmallows, condensed and evaporated milk, molasses, and heavy cream. (laughs) That list conjures up many happy memories, but truthfully, it also makes me a little stressed out. One thing that I and so many of our listeners love doing this time of year is a good old pantry purge to get things nice and fresh for the new year. Yeah, a top New Year's resolution for so many people has got to be clutter clearing. And since one of our 19 for 19 baking resolutions that we're going to carry forward into 2020 is to waste not want not, we cooked up this mini segment we're calling Use It Up. And first up, nuts. Andrea, we both love nuts and do a lot of baking with them. But they can go stale and you want to put them to good use before they do. Using up leftover nuts gives me such a thrill. You don't need a lot to make an impact. You can toast them, as you just mentioned, with the pecans. You can add them to granola, muffins, quick breads, and crisps. You can make compound butter and roll it in crushed nuts. That's a pretty appetizer. You can experiment with making your own nut flour. And if you don't have time for any of this, you can always stash them in the freezer. You could also throw together some nuts in our favorite crumble topping from Kate McDermott, the author of Art of the Pie. Or make mini pecan pies if you also have leftover pie crust scraps. And speaking of pies, we know some of our listeners struggle with getting their crust just right. One consideration is that you can make a nut crust with your leftover nuts. You simply blend chopped nuts like hazelnuts, pecans, or walnuts with some honey and some butter, and then press the mixture into your pie pan, and voila, you've got a simple, flavorful alternative to a flour-based pie dough. You know, my friend Angelique was just telling me that she makes an almond crust. Oh, yummy. Yeah, yeah, that would be really Mm. good. Well, many of our listeners, and you and I both, made happy people fudge this holiday season. So I loved finding Paul Hollywood's recipe for sticky toffee pudding, which uses leftover nuts and fudge and dried fruit, a leftover trifecta. I love that he has leftover fudge. Yeah, who has leftover fudge? (laughs) (laughs) That's not been one I've struggled with. But speaking of dried fruit, our love for fruitcake is well documented on this show. Mm -hmm. So I was especially interested in a recent Hello Giggles article that included suggestions for using up leftover fruitcake. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. How about fruitcake croutons, 
French toast, ice cream, truffles, fondue, crostini, cake pops, yogurt topping, streusel, or bread pudding. I mean, <laughs> any one of those seem like reason enough to make a fruitcake in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of bread pudding, another of my favorite holiday breads is Italian panettone. And I recently made a bread pudding using a leftover loaf that was over the top. But how about leftovers that you have just a teeny bit of, like jam or cream cheese? Well, you could follow Mary Berry's advice. She uses a thin layer of jam as her crumb coat when frosting a cake. It does the same thing as a thin layer of frosting, but also boosts the flavor that little extra bit. Oh, what a great idea. And if you have extra cream cheese that you didn't get around to using, apparently you can swap it for butter in cookies at a one-to-one ratio. Now, I've never tried this, but I'm intrigued. It seems like it would make for a creamy and a little bit of a tangy substitution. Hmm. Stefan, I know one of your favorites is mincemeat. Do you have any favorite ways to use that up? I do, and the first is actually from my mom. She used to make sugar cookies filled with mints when I was a kid. And this is not only a great way to use up any leftover cookie dough and mints, but it also makes a lovely rich cookie that I now realize is a little bit like a cheats mince pie. I've also seen baked apples stuffed with mints, and though I personally am not a huge baked apple person, I think you could do the same thing with pears or quince, and those are both also in season this time of year. Listener Jennifer told us she makes mincemeat muffins, which is her basic buttermilk muffins, with a bit of pumpkin spice and my favorite, Fiore di Sicilia, or orange flavoring, added. I sometimes have little dribs and drabs of alcohol left over after the holidays, and I use it as an extract to add a little bit of flavor to pies, cakes, cookies, or loaf breads. Mm. A classic example is to use Malibu coconut rum in place of coconut extract. But you could also add Baileys to chocolate pudding, Irish cream to whipped cream. And likewise, I seem to have candy left over, either candy canes, chocolate, or the fun and funky gingerbread house candy that we didn't use up. I often store the decorative candy for another year. It still looks fine, and that's really all that matters since I'm not eating it. As for the other candies, you can melt down chocolates to make a rich fudge sauce for ice cream or pound cake, and I especially like this with chocolate mints like Andes or After Eights. And you can crush candy canes to add as a sprinkle on top of hot cocoa or to roll around the edges of an ice cream sandwich. Listener Brian posted a request for creative uses of some leftover condensed milk, and wow, I was so impressed with our listeners' suggestions. Me too. Maggie suggested making brick toast, which I had never heard of. You take Texas toast or milk bread, deeply score one side, drizzle it with honey, butter, and a sprinkle of sugar, and then toast it. You top it all off with fruit and drizzle with condensed milk. It sounds so good. Yeah, that was a new one for me too. Jennifer and Olivia suggested tres leches cakes. Scores of people suggested Vietnamese or Thai coffee. But the winner was Anna with her three-ingredient coconut macaroons. And a bonus for Brian was that he had some leftover coconut, so he really was able to create the perfect leftover treat. Potato chips and pretzels are two salty snacks I seem to have more of at holiday time. Potato chip cookies are fun and different, and I find that kids especially like the idea of two treats in one. Pretzels can be crushed and used as a crust for a cheesecake or a frozen pie, like a margarita pie. So Andrea, we've talked a lot so far about using up whole ingredients, but in order to tackle food waste, let's think more creatively. Have you considered using banana peels in your next loaf of banana bread? Or making marmalade out of your spent orange peels? Uh, no, I have not. (laughs) 
When you sent me a link to the banana peel banana bread, I had to look twice to make sure I understood what they wanted you to do, which is to truly use every bit of the banana. I know. So this recipe comes from Tesco Real Food Magazine, and indeed, it calls for the entire banana. You just wash and chop it along with the fruit. I have to say I'm curious enough to try this one, so stay tuned. I also discovered a marmalade recipe that just makes sense. Use the peel from oranges, or really any citrus, that you've already juiced or used the flesh of, maybe in a fruit salad. The recipe is from The Guardian's Feast magazine, and we'll link it in the show notes. Also left over at the holidays are wrappers, and some of them can have a second life once their contents are gone. For example, you can use the wax paper container of cereal to make a one-time piping bag. Just wash it out, dry it, fill it with frosting, and toss it when you're done. I recently attended a cooking class, and the chef told us that she uses her cereal bags to roll her pie crust in. Brilliant. And it's just wax paper. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's all all it is. is. Yeah, so why not? And you end up with the perfect size for your pie crust, and she actually uses hers multiple times. She'll rinse them out and reuse them over and over again. Oh, I love that. And you know, likewise, Andrea, I save my butter wrappers. I have a Ziploc bag in my fridge, and when I've used up a stick of butter, I pop the wrapper into the bag. Then when I need to grease a pan, I reach for a wrapper. It has just enough butter to do the job, and I don't waste anything. I told my mother-in-law that you did this last time she visited me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's one of the most frugal and thrifty people I know, (laughs) and she didn't know this trick. Mm -hmm. She was quite impressed, I have to tell you. Oh, yes. Well, she probably has a bag going right now. (laughs) I bet. Well, and speaking of waste, if you simply can't get to everything in your fridge or your pantry before it goes south, remember the Olio app. We spoke about this back in episode 81. It's a food sharing app that works best in big cities with a concentration of users. Stefan, I think it's huge in London, right? Yes, it is. I think one of the founders is from London, which may be why too. The benefit is that you can donate anything, opened, unopened, commercially prepared, or homemade. It's really a great one-off option. Similarly, remember to donate to your food banks or little free pantries, which we spoke about in episode 142. These are like little free libraries, but for food. Heck, maybe you'll even make a 20 for 20 resolution to start your own. Listeners, let us know how you're using up your leftovers this January. Drop us a line at hosts at preheatedpodcast.com or leave us a voicemail at 802-276-0788. Well, the timer's buzzed, and we've got to get the sprinkles on top of this episode. We release new episodes every Monday morning. Next week, we'll see if a petite portion of pecan sticky buns was just enough or left us wanting more. And we'll introduce a pumpkin pie shortbread bar that's perfectly proportioned. We'll also have a roundup of the latest food trends for 2020. Thanks, as always, to Anne-Marie Russell for supplying our theme music. You can find Anne-Marie on Amazon and iTunes or at annemarierussell.com. Listeners, if you'd like to get an email and a link to the full show notes every week when our episode is released, subscribe to our newsletter by visiting our website, preheatedpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we're at Preheated Pod. And if you like our show, please do tell a friend and subscribe. And consider ranking and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you download our show. Until next time, I'm Andrea Ballard in Olympia, Washington. And I'm Stefan Cohn in London. Thanks for listening and sweet dreams.
Preheated is written, hosted, and edited by Andrea Ballard and Stefan Cohn in association with 24th Floor Productions. Stefan, you know another great use for leftover pump... Stefan, you know another great use for leftover pumpkin... (laughs) Gosh darn it! Stefan, you know another great use for leftover pumpkin puree is coming up next week. I know. It's just in time. I've got like five cans in the pantry. Me too.